a playlist original. Coming soon. 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 A playlist original. This is the Films at Home podcast, your source for everything home entertainment. Hey everyone, Jeff here from Films at Home. Thanks for coming back to the Films at Home podcast today. Whether you're listening on your favorite podcast apps or you're watching on YouTube, I appreciate all the support. Today's guest is Drew Hanks. He's an independent filmmaker and director who recently released the movie The Made Man, which in his words is a mafia sex comedy. So we get into that a little bit, but what I was really interested about and why I invited Drew on the podcast was because he has released independently a Blu-ray of his movie. And that's not something you see a lot. So I got to dive in here. You know, somebody who self-funded a movie, had an independent movie release. We get to dive in and talk about what's the process. How do you get a Blu-ray release made? Where do you go to do that? He also had 35 millimeter film reels made. How does that work? The whole process behind that. What's his thought process on like why he wanted to do a physical media release? I think it's a really interesting conversation if you guys have ever had any interest in, you know, how independent filmmakers get their stuff out there through Kickstarter and Drew in particular going the physical media route. It was super interesting to hear how really, you know, anybody out there with the funds and with the passion and, you know, with the right movie that they've created and self-funded could go out and get a physical media release. And, you know, Drew poured his heart into this project and it was really cool to talk to him and hear from, you know, a smaller filmmaker, why physical media was so important and the little intricacies of, you know, getting this actually authored on a Blu-ray disc and the artwork and, you know, the color grading of it. It's a black and white movie, how that all worked. Very interesting conversation. If you're uh, at all interested in that, if you've ever thought about filmmaking, I think this would be a really good one for you. And we touch on lots of very, you know, in-depth physical media, Blu-ray authoring type topics. So very interesting episode. I learned a ton and hopefully you guys will too. So sit back, relax, enjoy the interview with Drew, and I'll come back at the end with the outro. All right, everyone. So here's our interview today for the podcast. We've got filmmaker and director Drew Hanks. Drew, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate you taking the time. Um, Want to give us a little uh, quick intro on on you and what you've been working on, and uh, you know what what you're all about. Yeah, sure thing. Um, first off, big fan, big fan of films <laughs> Thank at you. home, of course. Yeah, um, filmmaker. Yeah, I wrote, directed, produced, edited. Um, a feature film called the made man. And um, yeah, it was a super low budget movie, but we've been having some screenings. We got some blu-rays made and just kind of, you know, making, making some movies out here. Yeah. And I see the, I see the collection behind you. So you're obviously a physical media enthusiast as well. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so was that a, when you went out to make this movie, um, were you sort of from the start, you were like, this has to have a physical release, we're going to make this happen? Or is that something that sort oh, of just... yeah. No, 100%. I was nerding out so hard. Like, um, the big, the two big things, like, and this is what I, I always tell any sort of uh, inspired filmmaker who's trying to make something, is always work. Like, like for passion projects, that is uh, mm-hmm. like work backwards from what you want it to be. Like what, what is the, the end satisfaction 
for you. And for me, it was having a 35 millimeter film print of the movie and having Blu-ray like physical copies as well. Um, so yeah, that was definitely like the end canvas is if we're just like thinking about a movie as like an object, an art object, those were the, the two big, uh, things. That's a cool way of thinking about it. So you were like, you're in your head, you're like, I envision this, this Blu-ray that I want to have made. So now I need to go make the movie that makes that happen. <laughs> yes. 100%. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's very, very much a, you know, uh, uh, consumer capitalist way of thinking about it but it's it's true <laughs> oh, it's, truly it's a collector something. way of thinking about it right yeah i mean yeah yeah totally that's why i'm trying to i i am not a filmmaker but i was like well what kind of physical media can i get on my shelf that's why i started i was like i'm gonna write a book just so i can say i got something on my shelf physical that i created because i'm not good enough to make a movie but i was like i gotta no, do sure something i feel i feel the yeah. same way though i feel you i was like I'm coming from a place of like, I just want a book. So now I need to figure out how and what the topic is going to be. So 100%. I hear you. Yeah. Having that end goal in mind makes total sense. So um, you want to talk, give us a little bit on the, on the movie. So what, what's the movie about? Like, where have you guys been showing it? Um, where can people find it right now? So the film is called the Maid man and it's a dark comedy mafia film. Uh, that the logline would be Hitman Giovanni is soon to be made a man in the mafia and only to find out that at the ceremony, the Don can ask Giovanni to do any one thing. And if he doesn't do that one thing, not only does he not become a made man, but he uh, will be killed. <laughs> and so to avoid spoilers, let's just say it turns into a sex comedy. Okay. So it kind of... <laughs> It has, it has that turning point in it. Um, but yeah, it's a crime film inspired by, you know, film noir and stuff like that. Um, if you live in Los Angeles, our next screening is May 28th, and that'll be of our 35 millimeter film print. It's at Secret Movie Club Theater, which nice. is in downtown Los Angeles. And soon enough, we will have these Blu-rays released, and those will be for sale, most likely, on uh, DiabolicDVD.com. Oh, nice. So, that yeah, I love Diabolic DVD. That's a good spot for it. Yeah, Find some collectors. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you already have that sort of lined up? Yeah, I had made a short film uh, with my good friend Riley, and we had shot that on VHS and then we had VHS copies manufactured and those were sold on diabolic DVD. Very cool. And yeah, that was a really fun experience. Um, and Jesse's such a great guy over there. Yeah. I need to, if you get his ear, tell him he needs to come on here and talk diabolic DVD because we need to get the, uh, we need to get the word out because they're great. I mean, they just have yeah. so much stuff that nobody else has. 100%. Yeah, I'll definitely. Yeah, do that, there's my, there's me in an interview trying to get another guest for the podcast, but hey, sh <laughs> shamelessly, shamelessly just trying to guest. get him. He would be a great guest. I, I definitely <laughs> would. I've talked to him before and I've never just been able to wrangle him into, into coming on. But that's super cool to get something. I mean, talk about goals. Not only do you get a Blu-ray, but you get it sold on Diabolic DVD. That's pretty sweet. That is definitely Dude, goals for a collector. <laughs> You get it. You get it. Yeah. No, Absolutely. I'm, I'm telling you, those are like my dreams, you know? Oh yeah. And um, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I'm just as much, like, I've always been 
I've made stuff all of my life, like films and everything like that. And so the, you know, I'm also a film fan. Mm-hmm. And so like it, it told to me, it's two different, you know, like there's a schism in my brain. One side of it is the film fan. And then the other guy is the one who makes stuff. And sometimes <laughs> they talk to each other and hang out. But for the most part, I'm just as excited to get my second sight copy of Martin. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. As like any collector out there. Oh my God. That's such, I just filmed the review for that this week. No way. It, yeah. It hasn't, hasn't posted to YouTube yet. I have, I filmed it. It's all there. I got to edit it up, but what an incredible beautiful time to just be alive to even have an option to you know buy that on 4k in the set it's, is incredible it's yeah it's an unreal time yeah i i should i should have ponied up for the the limited set but i just got the standard 4k one but e- either way transfers it's yeah. unbelievable yeah just having it in a 4k format is like un it's incredible when you've only had these like terrible dvd versions of it before yeah. like it, i mean the, these things were like might as well have been vhs you know like transfers over i mean the work they did is incredible That's so how i remember seeing it yeah yeah and it's such a good movie so um yeah. you know how how did you did you get started making movies like you're just a you know you said your your film fan and your film your creator mind are sort of separate i mean mm-hmm. is that one inspired it or did you sort of start making things first and then as a result of that became more of a film fan and a you know studied film harder i think uh from from an early age i was always like i'm gonna make movies like that's the only thing i can do (laughs) and hopefully it works out (laughs) it's like the was always the the goal um and uh the movie so i definitely think i was obsessed with movies first um just because i you know growing up in the 90s was oh, yeah. a VHS baby and all of that stuff. And so like, you know, I remember watching Jaws like at way too young of an age. I see your Jaws poster over there. Yes. So uh, that's I, that's my um, story. That's how I got started. I watched it like five years old on Cape Cod. And, like, same. And no, like no joke. Went to the beaches that it was like filmed, you know, it wasn't filmed on the cave. It was filmed on Martha's Vineyard right off of it. But I was like right. I watched that movie at five and then went and swam in the waters. They filmed it. I was like, damn, I had no fear back then. Now I'd be way too afraid to do that. (laughs) See, I'm the exact opposite. When I was that young and I saw it, I became deathly afraid and Uh, obsessed with sharks. And I was obsessed with sharks too. I I feel that. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Yeah. And so like, yeah, I think that obsession, like, and the idea that I was so afraid of this fake thing, like, (laughs) fueled the like inspiration and just like awareness of someone made this thing it wasn't like it was it was you know contemporary for when it came out and like you know it just looked real but it was still a monster movie and all the things all the reasons why people love jaws as a movie but like through the lens of like a (laughs) five-year-old and so like I think that was the first movie that I saw where I really became aware of like the filmmaking process not that i'm like some like genius kid or something but just the fact that there are people behind the cameras yeah it's just the the first one that had that impact because i'm sure you saw like i'm sure i saw movies before that i'm sure you saw movies before that but like you don't you don't remember them i i literally was just i was writing this as the introduction for this book i'm writing i was writing about that because like that was the experience it was that in king kong 1933 that 
Mm-hmm. My grandfather had on a VHS tape at this house, you know, his Cape house we stayed at in the summer. And that's what I watched because that was like the only things they had that were, you know, I guess kid friendly. Not really, but right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's what I watched. And like, that is the first time I was like, oh, my God, like incredible. Like, I'm sure I had seen stuff before then, but I don't remember it. That was the one that totally. made it click. That's funny. We're like, that's yeah, that's unbelievable. Opposite coast. Were you always out in L.A. or did you move out there? Um, I moved out here. I've okay. been out here for close to 10 years now. So where are you from originally? I was born in Tennessee and okay. I lived there for like the first five or so years of my life. And then I briefly lived in Maryland. Um, and then I grew up for most of my like teenage life uh, in Illinois, a suburb like an hour south of Chicago. Okay, so you had you had no water to be afraid of then. There's no ocean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> just the lakes. Lake yeah. Michigan's pretty big. Yeah, I mean that <laughs> that could substitute for sure. But that's yeah, that's funny. I don't I don't know what it was. I just was like, well, I guess I'm going in those waters. And you know, at the time there yeah. were no, there were no sharks, and now there are. Which is the Jaws has become so much more real in the last like five years, where somebody got killed Weird. by a shark off of the Cape like two summers ago, like. It's real now. They were never there before. That movie is scarier now than it ever has been. <laughs> Strange. Yeah. It's, it's, hey, I don't know, but that's super cool. We share that story. I definitely remember being obsessed yeah. with sharks. I had all the freaking, the books and the, the VHS yes, tapes exactly. of sharks. And oh my God, Shark Week was, a, was a, an event. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I feel you. That's awesome though. So this you is, get it. you get it. I, I just get it. I get, I mean, I guess I just, maybe I should start making movies with you. Um, we're, we're, on we the, we're right on the same wavelength. Um, 100%. But no I, I did, intended. I did want to dive in like, so, you know, you're, you know, indie movie, small, low budget movie. Like what's, mm-hmm. what's the process like, you know, getting, getting your movie, I mean, you've got 35 millimeter prints, right? Which I assume, mm-hmm. I, see, this is my ignorance in the subject. I assume there's a whole process behind that, right? Even getting that done um, yeah, and, and completed. And then, you know, how do you go about, how does somebody out there who's like, I'm going to make a movie, I want a Blu-ray release. Like, how did you go about that then afterward and like even get it done? Totally. Um, so for for the film print, um I, you know, and it's all about like thinking about like vendors, like there's a vendor for any aspect of the filmmaking process that you can find, you don't, you know, you can Google it and you'll, it will exist. You know what I mean? And so, um, for the film print, there's this company in London, it's, their name is cinema printing company, London. And so a lot of, uh, independent films will go to this, uh, company for an affordable film print Hmm. and like i live in los angeles there's photochem there's like gotham film labs and stuff like that and it was still more affordable to uh you know ship my external hard drive to them and you know get the film print you know four reels of film shipped over here than it would be to like have photochem strike the film print and then me like drive over there and pick it up myself but um they're, they're like super great people over there. Um, and, uh, so I, I, as far as that process, it's a back and forth with just like the tech specs of like what the film is and what, uh, is the proper way that you want it to be shown. 
and heard and then just sending over a hard drive and just dealing with the company. And it's kind of similar, a kind of similar process as far as like Blu-ray manufacturing and authorized authoring. Um, so for the Blu-ray release, I ended up working with a company called optical media and they do other things like they will press vinyl and stuff like that. And very aptly named company. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) They, and they can also do like, they do 4k releases as well. Um, so they, I think I'm trying to remember where they're based, but, uh, I think they're in like Minneapolis or something like that. But, um, yeah, I just, I looked up a bunch of companies that do this, um, from like the most expensive to like the cheapest and then try to figure out what this release would justify yeah. and optical media seemed like the most like close, you know, right, right in the middle there on the spectrum and can deliver, could in the end of the day, provide the quality release that I was looking for. And, um, yeah. I'm trying there was a thought but I I totally lost it. So like when you're going through that pro- I mean are you getting like when when I'm just thinking of like how you review like Blu-ray right and 4K discs right. like everybody's looking at the the color grade that's used and you know the you know is there any yes. digital artifacting or is there any you know issues with the the transfer like are you getting proofs along the way and sort of like Oh yeah. approving 100%. I ha- I have one like right right here you okay. know? <laughs> and so uh yeah they they will would mail me um copies throughout the process nice we would just have a dialogue cool so you're sort of in in full control i would assume right as the film i mean it's was it you did you work with the team like did you have a dp or anybody that would help you out with that or is it you know, primarily you? I, primarily me because i colored the film we did okay. have a dp but then i i was the you colorist. actually colored cool um, yeah it was a black and white film yeah and so uh you know i i wouldn't have been that confident to do it had i not like just recently for, well i mean through through all of lockdown and you know just life having consumed so much media at, at the uh current state yeah. of it you know <laughs> and so oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, um knowing how it would end up looking on a contemporary like 4k monitor uh gave me that confidence to like color it myself gotcha what what the potentials of of that yeah technology i is. think we all watched a uh <laughs> we all watched a lot of media during the, yeah. <laughs> the the lockdown. So I could, I definitely hear you. I was like, there's nothing else to do. So I guess I'll do that. And that was, that was yeah. pre-kid. So I had all the time in the world <laughs> to watch I'm... movies, which was great. Um, <laughs> For sure. Yes. The black, the black and white, you know, I've always mm-hmm. been, I, I think they are some of the best looking movies when it comes to uh, the 4k format too. the way that HDR the dynamic yes. range like i think i think people kind of sleep on that um how totally beautiful those movies can look um the black and white is very very striking so you know what yeah you 
what was you, your you source mentioned that on like your videos you know what I oh mean? yeah like i mean how, it's... how great the the you know celluloid some looks, of my favorites you know, things double yeah, double indemnity it's a wonderful psycho. life I, psycho i just reviewed i filmed a review video for the maltese falcon which i haven't edited and put out yet but like yeah great better than movies that, that are you know 15 20 years older that are in color 100 the, the maltese falcon blew away like rebel without a cause and cool hand luke in my eyes damn so yeah that, that black and white looks fantastic and i mean how how difficult is that to to go and color because i mean you're, you're basically just working with a, a gray scale right a black black right. to white but i mean i feel like there's got to be some intense nuance there there really is and it took it took a very long time to do it and that's why i was like i don't want to work with someone else or how long this is going to take um i don't have control issues jeff i swear (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah it was it was um i guess we're you know at the very beginning i really wanted to shoot it on film 16 millimeter Mm -hmm. black and white triax reversal like knew the exact film stock that we wanted to shoot it on but just it wasn't necessarily a cost issue it was more of a time constraint issue and just how much like we shot the movie in four days and it was very much a sort of like onto the next setup situation um they were you know good days as far as you know i've been a like an on-set production assistant on some horrendous shows and these weren't those days but it was a lot of work that Mm. we did and i the confidence that I had in myself wasn't necessarily there as far as being able to pull it off. And then, so at a, at a certain point, as far as being able to make our days and stuff, it was, it just behooved us to shoot it digitally. And so the benefit of knowing the exact film stock (laughs) that we would have shot it on was huge as far as, the sort of, you know, what you're talking about as far as like, you think it's a limitation, but it's really opening up so many doors as far as like, is it going to be this sort of high exposure look? Is it going to be this, you know, kind of flat gray or look or like, but we knew exactly this. We, it was the, the sort of classic, the idea that you have in your head of like this high contrast black and white film noir sort of look. Yeah. Um, that's what that film stock would have would give. And so we would, the, uh, cinematographer, Conrad Hunziker, he had a LUT that he applied to the camera and the display. So while we were filming, we could see it in real time, what it would roughly look like. And so that definitely helped. And, um, as far as shooting in black and white in general, it's, if you're a filmmaker out there and you are shooting a super low budget thing, I highly recommend it because it allows you to think in textures and tones rather than color. And that just saves so much money and time. (laughs) (laughs) And so if it works, you know, thematically with your piece at all, I definitely recommend doing that because it'll just save you so many headaches. No, makes a lot of sense. I feel like a lot of like a lot of very famous directors, first films are, are often black and white too. I mean, one that immediately sure. came to mind was like um oh christopher nolan's was it following mm. which is all black and white following, and, yeah i mean mm-hmm. we talked about 
you know, Romero and Night of the Living Dead, which yes. easily, you know, could have done that in color. It's 19, what, 68. I mean, exactly. wi- widely available, but it's low budget. And, you know, it, it and the effect that it had, I mean, unintended or not. Yeah, it's incredible. So, yeah, I, I hear you. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I've always just thought like, you know, if you're going to make something cheap, like, oh, just, you know, people like pull out their iPhone or something. But the black and white thing is interesting because you really can just kind of focus on the the scene and not have to worry about like all the external color that could come into play and really like screw with your image, I guess. 100%. It gives you just a little bit more control as a filmmaker. Yeah. So did you guys, you, did you actually, so did you shoot it on that? You didn't shoot it on that film stock, but that was your idea. How did you actually shoot the film? Right. We shot it with a, a Blackmagic Ursa uh, Mini, I believe. And so that's, it recorded uh, 4K. Okay. And um, yeah, that, that was the camera body that we used. Okay. So you do have like, you've got a 4K digital intermediate essentially right. that you could send out to have turned into 35 millimeter and then to Blu-ray. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. So it should look pretty sharp then I would think. Yeah, it looks great. Like I, I, when I saw these copies that were coming in for the like visuals, like as we were doing, I was like, it was hard to critique it, you know, cause it <laughs> yeah. just looked so good. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And totally get that. You, yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, you hear all the things about like the, like, what is the difference between like streaming or like a physical, like Blu-ray yeah. and like, to know something so intimately and to have like personally, like I would watch it on my 4k monitor in like 4k streaming on a YouTube link, but then to get that Blu-ray quality disc and just like, see, I, it blew me away. It was like a, a new, a new experience seeing it for a new, like a first time sort of uh, viewing experience. It really just cause I knew it so well, each frame, it just blew me away. That's awesome. So those are, so I think you, you guys ran a uh, you ran a Kickstarter first, right, to get these out there. Yes, so yes, what, exactly. What, what, what was that? <laughs> so you didn't. So you didn't do. Did you do a Kickstarter for the film itself, or did you do that on your own? And you did, no. you did the Kickstarter for the Blu-ray specifically, right? Yes. Yeah. So I self-funded the production of the film, and then um, the yeah did a Kickstarter for the home media release, and so once. Once we, because I always wonder, I'd done a Kickstarter with a friend of mine back in college, but it always confused me to do one for like just the film. Cause it's like, what is, what is my reward? What am I going to reward you with? Like right. I'm already like uh, the only money I need is for the film. So, right. uh, but I'd saved up a lot and like was, uh, you know, lucky enough to be working through lockdown and all of that stuff. And so, um, this after I'd written a bunch of different scripts during lockdown and then finally landed on this idea that was clearly like very producible. Um, and so once it was in my head that I wanted to have this sort of, uh, exhibition of the film, you know, screenings in 35 millimeter and home media physical release, then it, it, that, made sense to do some crowdfunding because then there's an actual object that you can get, you know, like 
board games are huge on Kickstarter because you fund it and then here you go. There's the board game. (laughs) Like it was one of the few times that I really felt like, ah, here we go as a filmmaker that I could really use that crowdfunding um, in a a sort of uh, one-to-one way. And the best part is, and this not to not to throw shade at other Kickstarters, but the best part is you actually then went and made the Blu-ray discs, right? And they're going to be available in a reasonable amount of time, which is always a key. Yeah. So uh, the Kickstarter, <laughs> I've been hearing people lately, people tagging me. They're like, I, you know, I funded a Kickstarter six years ago and I just got the Blu-ray. It's like, oh my God, I can't, I can't imagine, like, first of all, what took so long, but yeah. like... Totally. You just you went and used that money and went and did it, and they're gonna you know I don't are they already available or are those sort of they're in the, not in the works? yet. They should be arriving any day now. Nice. Yeah. So that was, I mean, what was the turnaround like on that? It was the the before it was at a point where everything was you know signed and sealed. Yeah. Um, it. I'd say it was probably a few months of back and forth um, just because this is like a smaller thing on their radar. And also, you know, like it is my passion project. Sure. Um, But once they, you know, the, the disc was approved, the cover art was approved. We also have a 12 page booklet. Once the booklet and all of the art was finalized and approved, it's like maybe eight weeks if that on their end yeah Yeah, as far as you know manufacturing all the copies and then you know um sealing them and mailing them out and they handle all the packaging too like you worked on the you know the inside cover art and everything that was all handled there at this optical media yeah so they send over the uh printing templates yeah you know um that would just be you know for any release. And then I worked with my good friend, Jesse James Dean, who did the poster art for the made man. Um, he also then designed the graphic image for, you know, the, the cover. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I did the booklet itself. And so, um, yeah, it was kind of like my, my, uh, you know, little art project. <laughs> I mean, that's, and it's all just like once, I mean, you obviously have to do work on your end, but like one stop shop with this optical media, it sounds, honestly, I have, I don't know. I have this vision in my head and I'm like, I I can't imagine the hoops. I feel like you'd have to jump through to get something made. It sounds like maybe if you work with them, it's not too bad. I mean, there's cost to it, but like they kind of handle it. It sounds like a pretty straightforward process as long as you know what you want and what you, you know, and you can give them what they need. Yeah. You have to, in situations like this, you definitely have to know exactly what you want. Yeah. And, um, as you know, (laughs) we've talked about like collecting all of this stuff there. I can't tell you how many of these releases that I've looked at that I've loved and how many I've been disappointed in Mm. and all of the things, you know, all of those little nitpicky things about like looking at a booklet and being like, Oh, I hate when the text gets too close to the spine. You know what I mean? Like, we're not going to do that. You know? So like, you have to have that, you know, awareness of, of things and and where it can go and all that stuff. But as far as exactly, as far as a vendor and what a vendor can do, they're, I couldn't recommend them more. Oh, shout out. I'm going to have to keep that in mind in case. I don't, I don't know. I'd love to, 
I've always thought about it. I'd love to even just like help somebody else get something out there someday or, you know, put, 100%. Some, put some money up to get some, because there's so many movies like this. I've talked to uh, the guys at Terror Vision. We talked about this uh-huh. and, it, and it never really, it never really sparked like this. It, it sparked something in me because I've been to so many film festivals and there's so many films, you know, like The Made Man that will yes. screen certain places, right? And they're, they're screened and they do the festival run. And then poof, you know, like at, right. festivals end, they're gone out of thin yeah. air. There's, there's nothing. And there's so many of those that probably should be preserved on a Blu-ray, even just DVD physical format somewhere. So I appreciate your like approach to that, to make sure that there is that posterity, I guess the longevity of your movie, like it's going to last past the run. You had sort of a bigger vision, which I think sometimes, I, I don't know, I, th- I don't know if people don't think about physical and they just, you know, I see a lot of these movies when I look them up from festivals mm-hmm. that do get dumped on like a, a Tubi or something, a free streaming right. service, which right. is fine for, you know, I, I guess awareness, but those things are so inflated that it's hard to kind of stand out. So, you know, how do, how do you view that as like a smaller filmmaker, like physical versus streaming versus digital purchases like in the business side of things you know how does that mm-hmm. how do you think about that in your mind when you go and and make this like you had the goal to create the physical to begin with but you know how, how have you kind of approached the other two areas the digital and the streaming side of things yeah i think the the mantra that i like give to my peers and stuff i'll say is it's all like the art of exhibition is like the corny thing that i'll say you know it's mm-hmm. not about necessarily distribution or anything like that cuz this is there there wasn't other people's money in this movie so i was able to kind of as far as, far as like funding the production right sure. you know so there there wasn't there wasn't some sort of sum that we were striving for well and you had you had control over what you wanted to do with it you don't have to deal with anybody else who had money into it 100 percent. and so like that being said i you know the one fear that i had of this movie like going through everything and like having this movie made and all that stuff is exactly what you described (laughs) it's like it just becoming a private link on yeah. a Vimeo you know, right. account. And so I haven't focused that much on festivals, to be honest. Like I've, you know, I've done my due diligence of like, I film, you know, the movie's complete. So I'm going to submit to like the 30 film festivals that are accepting right now, but then I'm moving on. I'm not going to wait and see like who's accepting or anything like that. Because the two things that I know that are most important to me, as far as like what a movie is, is like, going to see it at a screening or having the opportunity to watch it at home. And so Mm. like the best ways I could do that, you know, are like the highest sort of like, as far as it being a canvas, yeah, this release, like it's being able to see it on film or watching it on Blu-ray. And so at the very top, I should make sure that those are options and then work down rather than, Mm. you know, going through the festival experience and all of that stuff. There's not an A-list actor in this movie. There is no, you know, influencer, famous celebrity co-sign. So it's, 
it is what it is when it comes down to it being a smaller movie. And so then it, it, it becomes what is important of, of the, the viewing experience. And those yeah. are the, the two things for me, for sure. I like, yeah, I know. I like that, uh, that perspective. Cause it's, and I mean, I'm sure, like you said, you, you want this to live beyond the Vimeo link. Like you have, right. I mean, you have Blu-rays for people who, who funded the Kickstarter. So like, you, you know, you're getting a certain amount, you're going to sell them on Diabolic. Like they, this movie that you made is going to be on people's shelves in homes. Like that's a really cool totally. aspect of this that I do think a lot of people, I, I don't know if they just don't know how to approach it. It becomes, you know, whatever they do, the festival thing, it's overwhelming. I'm sure it's a lot to do yeah. all on your own. And I think there's this narrative that is kind of like taught to up and coming filmmakers that like, or just, or just, people who want to make a movie rather let me rephrase that there's this narrative that gets told to people who want to make a movie that you make a movie and then you submit it to festivals and then if you're lucky there's a distributor right. that comes along and picks up your movie and then if not then it doesn't happen and like that's yeah. i just it was i would just like had to think about it for a second i was just like wait i'm just leaving this the fate of my movie up to fate like that's crazy right. and so like yeah and so i i think for this you know i and i don't have anything truly against streaming or you know digital purchases or anything like that it's just yeah. the fact that like i do have the control of like how it can be viewed and so why not make sure that <laughs> at the very beginning you can have the best experience possible as a viewer um and it's been a really informative uh, journey uh, as far as like, you know, making connections like the optical media people. And that's all just cold call sort of stuff of just try doing my research and looking up companies and then reaching out to the people and seeing if uh, it, it could work out. Yeah, just hustling. I love it. I mean, that's yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how a lot. Of, I mean, that's how it happens for people, too. Right. There is. I, I've never, mm -hmm. you know, I don't think fate, uh, people, some people get lucky for sure. There's a, luck always has an aspect, right? Some yeah, people get lucky, anything. but there's a huge part of just like, you know, just being your, your, the best advocate for yourself and for your film that you can be and just, you know, doing the, doing the cold calling and just getting it out there and getting it to diabolic because of some connections you've made, you know, that's, I mean, you're going further than a lot of people are able to do through a, a festival that I, I see that I see that cycle a lot. It is like, it's make the movie festival. Okay. It didn't get picked up. Uh, okay. Vimeo private link, start over, try again. Like, and mm -hmm. it's, and it's sad because those, some of those movies just cause they don't get picked up. I mean, there's some good, good stuff out there and it's, it's impossible to see them. Um, so it's, yeah, I'm glad to hear that it's easy. You know, hope, I don't know, hopefully maybe more people will follow this, this method, I mean, I'm being biased because I want physical releases of stuff, but it's <laughs> yeah, it's an totally. interesting way to approach it. I mean, in, in the theatrical side of things, like the the showings you're doing with the film reels, I mean, how has that worked? Mm -hmm. Is that just sort of just cold calling places around LA and being like, you know, hey, I want to show this, you know, movie? Is it you just kind of hustling on that too? 
that that those are yeah definitely yes that's a short answer <laughs> but like those are to go more into like the actual process it's yeah. those are so it's theatrical you do you're doing a, a private rental basically okay and then once the private rental is set then you can make like an eventbrite page mm-hmm. and then there you go you have a screening and so if you are a filmmaker out there and you're just looking to have your work screened, then I'd recommend reaching out to any independent theater that is in your area. And this is a very common practice um, for filmmakers. Absolutely. So no, not really any different than from like, you know, if I wanted to go watch, uh, you know, what, whatever, some new 4k release with like 30 people, you know, you can just, you're, you're just essentially renting the theater space out and then building your event around that. 100%. Cool. And then do they, I mean, do you split, like, do you split profit with them or is it just totally, they take the rental fee and whatever you make on tickets or are you doing these for free? I don't even know how, you know, how are you approaching that side of it? So for, for like, for instance, this May 28th screening, yeah. if you donated at all to the Kickstarter, then you get in for free. You okay. and a guest get in for free. But then there is a general admission charge um, if you didn't. Um, and so, yeah, I'm kind of just playing it by ear with each screening that gets booked. Um, for this you know it's when you have a film print then you're paying for a projectionist to run the film and all of that sort of stuff right and so for this it's just a flat you know charge that i pay them and then whatever i gain is just a uh what i get um but yeah it's cool. a very grassroots like diy sort of way of yeah. thinking about it and uh how i look at it is like a lot of festivals that I might get into with this movie wouldn't even screen it on film at this point in time. So it's yeah, like, I might true. as well just do the screenings exactly how I want them to be and yeah. uh, go from there. Well, that's a good point. I, I think I'm thinking of the festivals I've been to and some of these are at like old independent theaters that, I mean, they do screen stuff on film 35, 70 millimeter, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't think they do for the festival because it's just too much it's too much work. You'd have to have, you know, four or five projectionists in each, each theater while things are running concurrently, it would be a lot. So I I think it's, it's a good point if you want to screen your film reel, but it is, I like your approach. I mean, I've, I've talked to, you know, lots of people who have done Kickstarters and have done, you know, even physical releases or, you know, just, I've had plenty of people reach out, but like nobody's done it in this way, which is kind of cool. Like you really are just kind of taking it on. I mean, yourself and you know going full grassroots and sounds like you've got some momentum which is very cool i mean you fulfilled the kickstarter right so you get all the you know yeah. that hit the goal you get all the blu-ray discs going out it'll be exciting to see it hit diabolic it's a i mean man for a collector that's like that's like the dream right this is pretty cool i know i know it's it's i'm um, it's it's hard because there's like the like i said there's like the filmmaker in me who's yeah. like but is this is this good? Is this right? And then like the film freak over here is just like, are you kidding? It's diabolic DVD. Right, you know? right, <laughs> like, right. It's just like this is amazing. What are right. you talking about? Absolutely, <laughs> so, no, yeah, absolutely. That would be. I mean, I've always been like, damn, that would be so cool. Just to have anything 
anything that I was a part of, like on a Blu-ray, I mean, I've got like so many of them. I wish one of them was mine. So I'm very jealous of you having, <laughs> having your own. That's oh, very, no, very that's, cool. That's high praise coming from you, dude. Very cool. So, you know, what's, uh, I guess what's, what's next for you? Like, do you have any, is there anywhere people can follow for, for updates, I guess, first on this one, the made totally. man, when, you know, so they know when this goes out on diabolic, they can buy it. Um, they can check it out where they can pick that up and then sort of, I guess, you know, secondary, what, what is next for you? You think? Um, yeah, the closest, the best way to, uh, get updates about the film. And this is where I post about screenings and all of that info is on our Instagram account. Okay. And that's at the made man movie. Perfect. And then, um, we will link that. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think for now, it's just kind of focusing on the exhibition of this film. Um, I just, the last, I don't like, I have this nightmare version of myself where I just like look back and I just let it become, you know, like we said, like a private link. And so I'm yeah. just like really trying to focus as much as I can on this and in the you know downtime that I do get in between that and my day job, I'm just you know writing uh, scripts and hopefully one of them makes sense to make eventually. Sweet. All right. So yeah, we will. Uh, I'll definitely link that if you're out in the LA area. I guess pay attention for any local screenings too. Um, that would be super cool to be able to see it on you know on 35 millimeter. I'm sure, um, especially like that film noir look and feel i'm very excited to see what the blu-ray looks like um because yeah. you know we've got a this is i don't know how many blu-rays out there get like authored and colored and like approved by somebody who's this big an enthusiast right so i have i have high hopes now i have high hopes for how this looks well I, I hope it satisfies that <laughs> high hope <laughs> well you know we'll, we'll see i know i would have high expectations if I, if it was me so yeah, I'm, yeah, sure, yeah. I'm sure you did too for your disc so yeah oh that, absolutely that's super absolutely. cool so yeah we'll we'll link that down in the description follow along do you have any like personal instagrams or anything you want people to follow for other projects um made the made man movie is the big one and then okay. i'm on instagram mildrew m-i-l-d-r-u-e-w <laughs> um but yeah i i post about all of all of my screenings and stuff like that on my personal account as well as the Sweet. made man movie but yeah all right well i gotta say huge props to you for i mean several <laughs> things just getting getting a movie made first of all is Thank you. Is incredible and having it be a feature length movie too, like ton of work. So props to you for that. Props to you for getting a Blu-ray release out there and supporting physical. I think that's a super cool way to go about it. So very excited to see what's next. I'm excited to check this one out and we'll make sure to, uh, we'll make sure to get the word out so we can support the, the little guys out there on physical media. Cause it's important. Thank you so much, Jeff. Yeah. I'll keep no. watching liking subscribing <laughs> thank you so much you man. do it you do it for me you tell the people what to do i love it like subscribe yeah, the, the whole nine but yeah i appreciate and i appreciate your support and um you know just watching my stuff because i'm telling you five years ago i didn't think anybody cared but me about this stuff so it's very exciting to meet more people and, and you know filmmakers and uh people in the industry who just like are like, no, man, people do care. So thank you, because I thought I was crazy until I started talking to more people. There's not, I feel oh, like it's no, not. you're the best, dude. You, are oh, you kidding? Well, I, 
I appreciate that. But there's there's lots of us out there now. I just feel like you don't run into them in your everyday life. So thank God for the internet 100%. because otherwise I'd feel like a freak yeah. with all these movies behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I so, completely understand. It's yeah. I mean, it's crazy. But yeah, thanks thanks for coming on. We'll keep everybody updated. This was thank super you. cool just to like learn about the process. You've got my mind going now, so I know what I'm going to be thinking about the rest <laughs> of the night. It's like, how, okay, Hell yeah. how do I get, how do I get a movie out on Blu-ray for myself? How do I make a movie here? You got me thinking. So I, I appreciate I all the that. insight and everything. And for everyone listening out there, I'm sure of it was course. helpful. And just, it's an interesting, an interesting look at like how, a, how an independent film, you know, even the something low budget can make its way to physical media and the importance of physical media for just, you know, preservation and, longevity of film so very cool and thank you for for sharing and being so open you got it man thank you for having me yeah I'm absolutely so we'll we'll stay in touch and thanks for coming on all right everybody so that's our interview with drew make sure you check out his movie the made man i will put all of those links to his instagram both his personal and the movie instagram uh down in the description and make sure you stay tuned that'll be going up on diabolic dvd which is very cool you know not only did he self-finance and go you know the kickstarter route create a blu-ray and actually produce the blu-ray so people didn't have to wait six seven years to get it people are going to get it very soon it sounds like he's got them coming in he's then able to get more copies made sell them on diabolic dvd i mean a really really cool story that certainly inspired me as somebody who's always wanted to have you know some sort of physical media uh that that lives beyond me and lives outside of the YouTube channel. You know, I, I want something that's on somebody's shelves and Drew did it and he he made a very cool movie along with that. So props to him. Definitely go check out his stuff, support him. And if you're at all interested, make sure you check out that Blu-ray release when it goes up on Diabolic DVD. So Thank you all for watching or listening wherever you are. If you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and like this video and check out the rest of the podcast episodes. And if you're on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your audio podcasts, please remember to follow us on those platforms so you never miss an episode drop. And if you like the episode and are enjoying the podcast, five-star reviews go a very long way to help us reach more listeners. So I appreciate all of you who have done that. We have almost 150 five-star reviews on Spotify alone. So that's been incredible to see. And thank you for the support there. So everybody out there, have a great rest of your day. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay tuned for the next episode coming soon on Tuesday and more great guests coming next week. And I will talk to you all soon. Coming soon. Be sure to subscribe to the Films at Home podcast using your favorite app so you don't miss another episode. And while you're there, don't forget to rate and review this podcast, which helps us out tremendously. You can also help support us by watching our short-form content over on YouTube and TikTok by searching Films at Home. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at films underscore at underscore home. The intro and outro were created by Elon Osborne. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.